0: And so I started looking into how do we cultivate that? How do we preemptively um, how do we preemptively make that work for us? And I started looking into resilience, and then that's how I created Habits to Happiness where I was working with business owners who were incredibly motivated to do this for themselves so that they could optimize the performance, not only for them, but then for their business. And so I started looking into how do we cultivate that? How do we preemptively?
1: it's not about besting the enemy it's not about becoming better than someone else what it is is about learning how to get better yourself every day and here at achieve greater we connect amazing and awesome people with amazing awesome people who need them so stay tuned listen closely and watch as your life unfolds through our next guest Hey, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. We are going to be able to share and gain and glean wisdom from Kelsey Nicole today. She helps people do some amazing things online and I can't do it justice, but I wanted to introduce you to her. She's got a wonderful energy about her, a wonderful heart and a very kind individual and wise. So we're going to glean on her because she's going to show us a little bit about how to bring happiness by the use of our habits into our life. So with that, Kelsey, what got you into this habit to help happiness? Like what brought you to this point? Where did you start to where this was something you wanted to do?
0: That is a really great question. And also thank you so much for the very kind introduction. Um, I always enjoy chatting with you. So what got me started in this actually was my field of work was in patient psychiatry. I used to work as a mental health specialist, So when you think of a unit in a hospital, a locked unit where people are struggling with acute mental illnesses, that's what I did for about six years. Um, And then I I loved that work. I loved what I was doing. But then I took some time while I decided to quit that job to go and travel the world. And so for the last five years, I've been a long-term slow traveler. And the thing that I missed the most was my work in the psychology field. But I wasn't going to go back to that clinical side, and so I started focusing more on the mental wellness side. Which, if people aren't familiar, mental health is very much so all on a spectrum. And just because you don't have mental illness, does not necessarily mean you are cultivating mental wellness in your life. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking into how do we cultivate that? How do we preemptively? Um, how do we preemptively make that work for us? And I started looking into resilience and then that's how I created habits to happiness where I was working with business owners who were incredibly motivated to do this for themselves so that they could optimize the performance not only for them but then for their business
1: I love oh. that I, I love the differentiation between health and wellness because how often do we just hear, hear the terms in our life it's like oh we're in health and wellness you know yeah. we're and, and it's like okay <laughs> well what's the difference? Like. The melt, the 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 health, <laughs> you know. I get up, I feed my body the right things, and it functions.
0: <laughs> right, it functions. Yeah, exactly. Well,
1: uh, you know that wellness is like overall. I feel good. I'm present. I'm energetic. <laughs> people enjoy being in my energy in my space.
0: Yeah, exactly. A wellness
1: mentality. Like there are some people, like like yourself, we get on Zoom, and the room just lightens up.
0: Yeah, you know, exactly. We,
1: we have that positive glow in our life, you know. Sometimes our face glows if I get close enough to the camera. Mine does, um, <laughs> but we just have an energy that glows. And when you become that person, people see now there as someone that is doing well.
0: That's where you get that attraction, and 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 I'm very much so. I know people talk about like the law of attraction and vibrations and energy, and and I'm someone who's more on like the science based level. So I come from. Let's look at the psychology behind it. Let's look at the Mm -hmm. actual like building blocks for it. But that is where the law of attraction comes from. The energy that you're putting out is the energy that you're going to attract. And I think a big thing that a lot of us don't realize is that learning to be present and actually loving where we are, while also still knowing we need to get a little bit out of our comfort zone so that we can keep growing is an actual skill to be learned. And not many people are very good at it. And I I found business owners in particular, especially ones who are in kind of the SaaS industry and doing a little more, they have hard skills. They have great hard skills with marketing and even sales Mm -hmm. and copywriting and graphic design. But that ability to be happy with how they're personally performing and enjoying the ride, the journey that they're creating with their business and trickling that down into how they're running that business, is a whole different skill level or skill set. So mm-hmm. it makes a difference. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I, like to, uh, I like to look at my, my entrepreneurial journey mm. um, much like the waves in an ocean.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. Usually when somebody hits a high point, they get that height thing and they're like, oh, this is terrifying.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then they hit the bottom point and they go, oh, crap.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to get hit by that wave. Mm-hmm. Now me, I hit that high point and my mind goes, Woo-hoo! I hit that low point and I look up at this huge, massive wave and go, this is going to be an awesome ride. Yeah. The lower I go, I immediately say, this is going to be great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't see it. I don't see how, but this is going to be great because there's a balance. There's a polarity. Right. Polarity yeah. is better than balance. Anybody who's yeah. looking for a work-life balance is clueless. It will right. never be balanced.
0: No, it will never will be.
1: One will always require more of your time than the other at some point. And if you mm-hmm. try and balance it in the middle, you're going to snap your structure. You've well, got what, to give.
0: Yeah. Well, what comes down to that is that self awareness. And most mm-hmm. people are not able to have that like introspection of where am I at? What do I need? What do I need to do to get from point A to point Z? And how can I ride that wave in between in a way that is beneficial for me without it breaking us, right? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what resilience is all about. How do we go through the difficulties and stay resilient instead of burning out and completely crashing? And I I find that many of us, not only in business, just in life, we're not taught these skills. And, And actually just to come full circle to your first question, Uh, that's pretty much my main mission in everything that I do. I myself had a really difficult upbringing. I had to learn how to survive from a very, very young age. um, And i had to do a lot of things on my own. And I got really interested in this idea of like, how can we we cultivate resilience in people? And I realized we're just not taught these skills. We're not taught this in school. Um, We're not taught this in college. We're not taught how to survive as a human being in terms of not only like our emotions and our thoughts, but in our physical behaviors. Mm-hmm. And that's where that all comes full circle for me. So I just want to help people to learn to be resilient and go after the shit that they want to go after. And like, well, seriously, yeah. <laughs> so <lovely. laughs> yeah. Well, so that's I, basically I, it.
1: <laughs> you no, know, I'm laughing because I just got off a call with a, with a good friend of mine and he says, well, I'm going to do this job. And you know, they say I can only work up to 20. 20 hours a week with this job. Mm -hmm. So that'll leave me enough time to work on my entrepreneurial journey. And I said, Well, is that your limit or is that your limit or their limit?
0: Mm -hmm. They're
1: like, Well, they said it's 20. I said, Well, you need to make that 20 hours your limit. Mm -hmm. And they said, What do you mean? I mean, it is at 20, that's the limit. I'm like, no, it's their limit. But have you decided to make it your limit? Because if it's not your limit, when things get tight, you're gonna Mm -hmm. jump and go find another thing to supplement. And next mm-hmm. thing you know, everything that you actually desire and want in life is set on the sidelines so that you can have your buffer.
0: Right. Said, exactly. We live
1: in the buffer instead of enjoy the life of, of blessing. Yeah. We put a barrier on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Boundaries. Pursue, That's how I say it. Yeah.
1: Pursue, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> cool. Like, I think I get it yeah can you explain that again <laughs> you
0: know? say, say it one more time so i can get it. <laughs> right?
1: it's like i i think i understand what you're saying
0: mm-hmm.
1: but make sure i do and yeah how many times do we do that for ourselves though we don't just
0: we, we don't, we don't. get
1: the surface understanding and then we're like all right well let's trudge on through
0: right there's a difference understand. oh i'm sorry there's there's okay. a there's a difference between accepting boundaries that are set for us and setting boundaries that we feel are appropriate for us. And this all, this all comes down to the psychology side of, you know, many of us are people pleasers. We, you know, we have our own stories and our background, but learning to be able to say no, or to say yes, that, to things that feel best for us is a, is a skill set. And so if you aren't able to recognize what you need or what's best for you, or what you want to go after that's slightly out of your comfort zone, if you can't do that, you're not going to be able to set the boundaries in place that need to be there so that you can buffer, but buffer in a way that you're focusing on the thing that's most important for you. Mm -hmm. And, and I think when people are approaching things unaware, what we do is that that other buffer that you speak, you're speaking of in terms of, we distract and we distance because it's too, too much out of our comfort zone and so we say oh this is uncomfortable this makes me feel this makes me feel really uncomfortable and what we do is we revert back to our distract our distraction coping mechanisms which eventually become maladaptive where we're out partying too much or we're delving into picking up multiple other jobs that are not the job that we want but just because it feels some sense of security this is where netflix numbing comes from sex addiction drug addiction all this is all the same thing it's just you it could even be exercise addiction where we just, we, we distract in a way that becomes maladaptive and it creates this buffer, which is a boundary. It's, it's breaking down what the boundaries we need to have for ourselves. And it's being set by something else. And we're losing that control in our life, basically. Mm -hmm. I hope, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So where, where was it in your life where you, you had to learn how to say yes and no to things?
0: Well, I mean, first... we,
1: we all grew up to yes, yes, yes. And mom just said, no, mm-hmm. no, no. But mm-hmm. at some point we had to hit a point where we realized it's up to me mm-hmm. to decide this is acceptable. And this is unacceptable in my life. Yeah. Where did that happen for you?
0: Well, gosh. So as I mentioned, I kind of had a difficult upbringing. And so it started, it started there. Both of my parents, there was both had issues with alcoholism and, um, there was just a lot of abuse in the household and many different shapes and forms. And, um, it was a very nasty long divorce for a very long period of time and not by my choice, but I ended up moving out when I was 16 and I was very lucky that a friend and her family took me in to finish high school. Um, I had one of the things I was, was drilled into me was to do very well in school. Like that's one of the things you did. And, um, also work ethics. So I held a job since I was like 13, 14, that sort of thing. But when it came to setting boundaries with unhealthy relationships in terms of like my parents, where I was no, when I was struggling to function on my own, like to just take care of myself where, and, I, and I'm, I'm prone to depression and I struggle with anxiety and all this comes from the trauma in my background. But as I started to get space from them, I really had to learn how to set boundaries. And this is actually a great story. This is the first time I remember really hard for setting boundaries. Do you know Pavlov's dog? Have you ever Mm -hmm. heard of Pavlov? Mm
1: -hmm. Good friend of mine. Ding, ding.
0: (laughs) Ding, ding, right? (laughs) So for for those who don't know, Pavlov's dog, he was doing a research experiment and he was trying to do things by association. And so I'm giving like the very brief version of I was just thinking,
1: his dog did? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no. Pavlov Pavlov. Did. dog was
1: doing an experiment.
0: <laughs> no, sorry. No, <laughs> Pavlov wagged his tail. <laughs> right. I apologize. No, the researcher Pavlov was doing this experiment with his dog about things of association. And basically, any time that he gives dogs dog a treat, he would ring a bell. And then eventually, he wouldn't give the dog a treat. He'd ring the bell, and the dog would salivate. And it, it elicited the same response as if he was getting a treat. So what I had learned with my parents, this was an unfortunate situation where I had to do this, but my parents had a very nasty habit of talking shit about the other to me constantly. And when I got old enough to figure out I don't have to listen to this anymore. This is not my story. This is not my narrative. Mm-hmm. I don't need to carry this. I don't need to deal with this. I started to basically have lob dogs their ass. That's what I did. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I'd be on the phone with dad. He'd start saying something. And I'd say, dad, if you keep talking in this like manner, I'm going to hang up the phone. Uh, this is again, not my story, not my narrative. I can't do it. Start talking shit, hang up the phone. Do the same thing with mom. Oh, you're, you're talking about this. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to hang up the phone. Click. So eventually, after about a month or so, click, 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 they figured out that if they wanted to talk to me, it had to be in a completely different form. It couldn't be about talking about the other parent. And so that was the first time that I was like, wow, setting a boundary it was very hard. But setting that boundary and really sticking to it, I had to defend that boundary in order to make a point. It's when we we cave on those boundaries that people behavior won't change Mm -hmm. and there was a good chance that their behavior would have never changed but they were able to figure out well i could still have a relationship with her without necessarily talking about all this other stuff and so that was the first time i like hardcore set a boundary for myself and i i had a sense of control and self-agency in the situation and i was like this is fantastic (laughs) um so yeah yeah so that was that i would say that was the first experience which has you know it's set the set the tone for how I've approached everything in my life. I mean, at this point, I've now quit my job. I've lived in a bunch of different countries and, um, to be able to have that ability to say, I can go into a country. I know what my boundaries are. I know what feels good for me, what doesn't. And I get to see alternative perspectives and still learn things about myself contributes to the type of person that I want to be. And I get to create a better life every year for myself. And it doesn't mean I have to always be moving, but that's just the the path that I've been on recently so it's been very helpful for that
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah that's awesome because I love how you identified it's like at a certain point I realized that what I know can be applied to this in my Mm -hmm. life Mm
0: -hmm.
1: how much information do we have that we never apply we have it's it's at our disposal
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um the the amount of people that I talked to and they did nothing like you give them that free coaching call, and you just yeah. kind of like, "Hey, I know you can't afford my rates, but mm-hmm. here's what you need to do, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give you exactly what you need to do because yep. I want you in a position to be able to afford me later." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm I'm blunt about it. I'll be like, mm-hmm. "I want you to succeed so you can pay me one hundred percent," and then I help them. And a year later, they come back and they're like, "So I finally broke down, and I went and I hired a coach, and." They told me everything that you told me on the free call. Yep. I was like, and what would that cost you? And they're like, five grand. I said, so what are you going to do? Do what they told me. <laughs> and I'm like, why? And they're like, well, it cost me five grand.
0: Because pay for do. it.
1: And I'm like, you had it already. Yeah. Why didn't you use it? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh. I figured, you know, because you just were willing to share it with me. I'm like, if you started making the kind of money that you could be making by implementing it a year ago, do you know how much you could have paid me by now to show you how to scale?
0: (laughs) A whole different, a whole different level.
1: And all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh. And then I encourage them, think about everything that I taught you. I'm sure there's something that they didn't. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then implement it all. I'd love to hear about your success. And they're like, awesome, Cool. But I just hear that so much where people are given information, they're given insights. They, they hop on podcasts and they hear amazing insights like you just right. shared. Mm-hmm. If you guys understood that, as you put it, you can Pavlov the hell out of somebody. Right. And change your situation and circumstance. Why Why not go do it? Don't mm-hmm. listen to the podcast and then go away and not change something. Right. Go Pavlov your dog. Who Yeah. <laughs> Apply it in some area of your life just to mm-hmm. show yourself that it's, it's workable and it's doable. Right. 100%. Um, yeah. The, the cigarettes people, people said, I gotta try and not smoke every time I think about cigarettes and they go mm-hmm. boom. And they slap themselves with a rubber band. And I'm like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: why not just not smoke like that hurts. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend of mine. He says, I don't even re- wear the rubber band, but every time I see somebody smoke a cigarette, I can feel the sting on my wrist. And I'm like,
0: ah, it's the association that you Changes. choose to think yep. of it.
1: Change yeah. the association. And that's why I said, there's nothing good or bad that happens in our life. Absolutely nothing good or bad that happens. Right. It's just the meaning that we assign to any situation.
0: 100%. And well, so you know what I find really interesting just to go down this path that you're saying, because you're talking about, and this is really my bread and butter in terms of habits. Um, that's why we're having this conversation. But um, when people struggle to, like, you could give them, I mean, this, there's, self-help, there's self-help books, personal development books. They're all available. There's all this wonderful information, but there is a, a huge difference in reading it and then applying it for ourselves. And, I, and I, I've found for most people, the area where they struggle to actually take that step and implement it, it usually comes down to a couple different, one, so the way that they think about it, the way that they, their thoughts are about it, but then also how they think about themselves. And so there's that self-worth, that kind of self-esteem, the self-belief and that sort of thing. And I think the other portion in terms of our thoughts is people think, well, I need to feel motivated in order to do this. Hmm. And that's completely wrong. We need to have thoughts. We need to, so there's a thing called cognitive dissonance. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with, right? So in order to, like, we have a thought and an action that's not in line with one or the other our brain doesn't like that so this experience of cognitive cognitive dissonance happens but what will happen is either the thoughts will move in line with the action because it's easier or the action has to move in line with the thought depending on what is the path of least resistance for us to do at the time if we're not consciously thinking and working on it um and so that's where you get people who who have the thought i want to quit smoking but they don't go beyond that thought or they go beyond like What is it that i actually want to do and then thinking about how can i take very small actionable steps just very small things because the motivation is not going to come until you start to move that action to be or your behavior to be more in line with that thought and it has to happen just in small steps because so i have clients all the time one of the very first habits i start with them are breathing exercises i want them to start regulating their nervous system Because, and this is a big thing with business owners, right? Like if you can't take care of yourself, how the fuck are you supposed to take care of your business? And Mm -hmm. if your nervous system is dysregulated, then so is the nervous system basically in your business. It's not going to function the way that you want it to. And one of the best ways we can regulate that is through breathing, just to to put us into a relaxed state so that we have a calmer state of mind and we can think, um, we can have better strategic decision-making. But a lot of the time I have to explain to them is I ask them, what is it that you want? They tell me what they want. I say, okay, so this is your reason why. Do you agree that maybe regulating your nervous system would be a good starting option? And they'll say, yeah, actually, that would be really, really great. Let's do that. Okay, great. I give them a very simple step and I'm like, I know you don't want to do this, but let's find a very simple way to slip this into your already existing routine. You brush your teeth every day, right? Cool, let's just sit down for five minutes and do square breathing right afterwards. You don't have to do it every day. The goal would be three times out of the week. If you hit five, that's great, but we're not going to push it. And then it's after they've done it at least three times a week for over two weeks, just about two to two and a half weeks, they start to see how it actually makes them feel. And it starts to become in line with that thought of, oh yeah, if I'm calmer, I can make better decisions and I can show up better in my everyday life and in my business. Mm -hmm. But it's with that little bit of slow guidance and just taking small steps even though they don't necessarily want to that gets them to that level and so it's kind of like we just need to look at your thoughts and we need to look at how you how you think about yourself do you think you're capable of doing it and if you think you're capable of doing it can we just take one small step towards that doesn't have to be you don't have to conquer the mountain you just have to conquer the first step And so that's my long story short ramble to p- piggyback off what you were saying.
1: <laughs> that's all right. I am classic for long story short rambles. Um,
0: <laughs> we're very similar in that way. <laughs>
1: but, but you know, that's where all the gold happens anyway. when we just kind of mm-hmm. like explore an idea or a thought. Mm-hmm. And the idea that we can take such a simple action and get such a huge change in our life is often underestimated. Um, you mentioned a term, I know there's a lot of people listening who have no idea what box breathing is to their oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Could you give an example, like walk them through what is box breathing?
0: Sure, yeah, so box breathing, also known as square breathing, it's actually something that was originally used, I believe, with the Marines. It's a tactical method in order to bring you from your, uh, your autonomic nervous state, which is that state of fight fight, flight, freeze, bond where you're activated, right? To your parasympathetic state where you're relaxed. And so it's a conscious way of doing this in a very short period of time. So the minimum amount of time to bring you to that level, to that relaxed state is doing this for a minimum of five minutes. And all you're doing is you're doing deep belly breaths. It's never into your chest. Make sure that's the number one rule, never into your chest. You're gonna be breathing in through your nose and out through your nose. And so if you do a count of inhaling for five, one, two, three, four, five, you hold for five, you exhale for five, you hold again for five. So if you are, if you're watching this, it's five, 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 it looks like a box or a square. Um, Doing this brings us into that relaxed state, which calms us down. And in the Marines is pretty beneficial if you're trying to do like a long distance rifle shot or something like that. So um, there's the benefit of that. Uh, for the,
1: that's not really where we used it, but
0: yeah, <laughs> right. So um, for those who are not used to doing breathing techniques there, the, the key thing is that you need to be doing it into your belly. You'll feel your belly expand and contract. And if you feel like it's too much when you're counting and holding your breath, before you do the five minutes, just do three to five breaths of deep belly breaths, no counting, just do that. And then you can do the square breathing and it will feel a bit more natural and gentle. And I, I swear to you, I do, I do square breathing literally every morning. I sit in the sun for five minutes, I get some sunshine and it, I, every day I start my, my day off a bit more calm, more like clear headed. And I'm able to approach my day, not feeling overwhelmed and like ready to do the things that I need to do and want to do.
1: I love it uh, yeah I being in the uh, in the military I, I definitely loved your analogy
0: <laughs> I'm not a military person so I hope I didn't butcher it but I do know that's where it comes from
1: <laughs> I was just thinking that's where you take a long distance rifle shot I'm like no when you're taking a long distance rifle shot you're already pretty relaxed <laughs> They're, okay you're a long ways away now when mm-hmm. they spot you you need to start breathing right <laughs> yeah there you go so I got every, that part a little wrong. Yeah, every job in the military has what they call a life expectancy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Visters, Ford infiltration support team, has a life expectancy. What that does is measures how long do you expect to survive after being identified by the enemy. Okay. I was a FISTER. 13 and a half seconds is the wow. life expectancy once identified. How? <laughs> so you can imagine if they saw you, yeah, you'd be like... Breathe. yeah screw it i'm out of here <laughs> <laughs> they're like fisters do two things you stay lean and you learn how to run mm-hmm. and you do it carrying a lot of weight yeah yeah. it was a it was, it was it was a fun blast but they spent a lot of time teaching us how to actually bring back to a centered state
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they're like yeah we're gonna yell we're gonna scream we're gonna work really hard we're gonna lift a lot of stuff run really far but don't forget to breathe
0: yes breathing and is the most important thing we can do in our
1: life <laughs> oddly never really put that in the movies
0: <laughs> no no they don't <laughs> do that yeah
1: just take a minute breathe yeah all right, right. and uh, I, I wanted you to explain it from your perspective because sure. we have multiple different breathing techniques that mm-hmm. we were taught for specific situations mm-hmm. um, some will energize you and make you want to fly through the roof and others will just calm you down and make you not want to move right and same exact process, just administered in the opposite way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, like two two types of breathing that I noticed was the exhale versus the inhale. Like two sharp breaths in, take as much air in as you can, mm-hmm. hold it, and take another one. Mm-hmm. Because when you hold it at max capacity, your lungs will actually stretch.
0: Yeah, and you're pumping yourself of lush too. Mm-hmm. And
1: then you're also massively oxygenating yourself. Mm-hmm. But there's two parts to breathing. People don't realize it. Breathing does more on the exhale than it does for the inhale. Yeah. Because you can you can sit here and hold your breath much longer sitting in a chair than you can underwater because your your skin can't breathe out those things. So we have to breathe it out of our system. Mm-hmm. So like you'll see deep sea divers, they don't go, <laughs> they go
0: blow it out mm-hmm. they yeah long, long everything
1: exhales. out that they possibly can and then they take one deep breath and drop
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh,
1: so it's like opposite <laughs> that's just weird my body just went those, yeah. are <laughs> Those are competing chat. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> don't do them at the same time, guys. Don't do the two different types of lifestyles of breathing at the same time. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah.
1: There's, there's so many ways that just their physiology changes the way that we approach life and, and how we do this. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned, you know, especially for business people, people in mm-hmm. business, it's important to learn how to stop and breathe and right. posture in itself has a lot to do with that. Do you mm-hmm. deal with helping them with their physiological aspects of like, how do you sit? How do you, you know, position yourself I, in your space?
0: Gosh, I mean, I, I do for myself. So mm-hmm. I've worked very hard on my own posture. And I'm a big fan of standing desks and all of that. Uh, so I, I guess I, at points I probably touched on it with someone. But I more so focus on body movement to start. Mm-hmm. Um, because most business owners, especially the ones that are like, you know, they love what they're doing and they're gun ho And they're also worried about making money, right? They need to support themselves. And if they have a team, they're worried about supporting their team. And so we have a tendency to get like laser focus in, I need to do work. As in like, I need to be like working eight hours a day and not taking breaks, not doing things that are going to actually help them have better quality of energy and approach to the work that they're doing. And so I really focus on how can we implement body movement throughout your day and getting you to do that in like, whether it's a break or a larger chunk of exercise so that it can help contribute to your workflow instead of you starting, cause that's where the burnout, that's where the overwhelm, like you end up, you know, end up kind of floundering a little bit and then you can't, you can't last as long in, in the, the sitting zoned in focus. You don't have that focus. I mean, our length, our wavelength of focus for our brain, I think is max 90 minutes um, before we tap out. So. Um, I look at that for people and how can we get them moving and what is their habits in terms of sitting? Um, I should, I will start including posture stuff, but first I find first and foremost, just getting them to move in general is, is most important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I've noticed that if you increase your posture, like improve the, the posture itself, the breathing actually becomes natural part of your your day. Yeah. Yes. You have to think about abdominal breathing when you're tipped over. You have to Mm -hmm. think about making it expand. Mm
0: -hmm. When
1: you sit up straight, that's where it goes because, hey, folks, that's how we're supposed to be breathing. Taking a deep breath anatomically was never meant to pop out your chest. It was meant to drop your diaphragm. Mm -hmm. So when we sit in that position, it allows our breathing to be much better. Mm -hmm. As far as movement, I have my little hack. My little hack is a $5 Amazon wrist rocket.
0: Okay. Or oh, where you're like stretching your shoulders. Yeah. And I'll stretch and- my
1: shoulders as I'm working. Mm-hmm. If I'm listening to an audio, I'll stretch back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I need, but basically, when I need a creative bump, I just, I have to get up and go do something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And but most people don't, most on. people don't realize that. What they do is they pick up their, they pick up their phone, they're doing stuff on their laptop or their computer, and then they're like hitting a, a, a bust and they're just like pick up their phone and they go on Instagram or something. And actually, while you were speaking, um, I guess there, I do at times work on posture, but I never put it in terms of posture. So I'm a huge yoga person. I love yoga. I know some people they are like F yoga. That's not my thing, but I, I swear by it. It really, really, I've lost weights. I'm so much more calm. Um, I'm physically stronger now because of it. And, uh, my, my, and yoga really incorporates breathing. So my, my breathing ability is so much better, but the thing that I do with, um, business owners is I actually have them do where they there's two different positions where you sit with your back up against the wall and your legs straight out but your toes pointing towards you and you sit and do some deep breaths and then you do that for just you know maybe like 30 seconds to a minute and then you flip it where you have your feet up the wall and your back is on the floor, you're still in a 90 degree angle, toes pointed towards you doing deep breaths. This slows our heart rate. So I use this often for sleeping methods, but this is actually a really good yoga practice for improving your posture as well.
1: Awesome. It makes a
0: huge difference. So
1: cool. Yeah. Recently I've been experimenting with hanging.
0: Oh, where you're just, you're doing hanging.
1: Just just a, just a static hang. That's Um, really
0: good for your shoulder health.
1: Great for shoulders. Great for your, your spine. Great for your wrists. Mm -hmm. Um, terrible for your forearms. (laughs) 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 At least that's what they keep telling me. Yeah. that's
0: Oh, I was going to say this uh, just for those who don't like yoga or don't want to do yoga. I will say this. I'm, am, I'm am officially like an inch and a half to- taller after doing a year and a half consistently of yoga. Everyone I'm now taller than I was than anybody in my family. It's a huge significant difference. So if that's not a push for you, if you're like, I want to be taller, yoga, do it <laughs> Do and hanging. <laughs> it'll, oh it'll,
1: elongate you. I'm 6'1". I am one. i do not know if I want to go. <laughs> it's hard enough to find pants that are long enough. Yeah. Uh, so as, as you started to do this and you started to realize these benefits in your life and you mm-hmm. saw changes and you instituted boundaries and you, mm-hmm. you put those, I, I hate to say limitations, with boundaries because boundaries actually teach us to go farther. Right. But um you put limitations on, on other people's ability to mandate what you do sure how have you been able to implement this like what does it look like when you help other people do this i know you gave a brief example of you know i make them sit on the floor and, and you know breathe in the corner but
0: <laughs> <laughs> go to the corner and breathe
1: <laughs> oh sit on the floor <laughs> um what are what does it look like to actually work with you in a, in a professional aspect, not like just a podcast, but like to work with you, what does that look like for an individual?
0: Sure. So I like, I know you, you said limitations, but what I think of, and I, I love this word because a lot of entrepreneurs cringe from this word structure. Yeah. So boundaries and structure, and there's a di- there's, there's two separate things. There's the boundaries where we're putting that towards other people saying, Hey, like, please don't inflict upon my boundaries. But then there's also the structure that we create for ourselves, which comes down to self-discipline. So a lot of the time I'm helping business owners to cultivate the discipline they need in order to move the needle forward in their own personal performance and then in the professional performance in terms of like back end operations of their business. So working with me typically, what that looks like is um, I do weekly sessions, we have coaching calls and then I'm available in between. Usually, and I, I first and foremost, always start with the business owner because focusing on their personal performance because everything is top-down in, in any business. And if they're not doing the things, if they can't follow through and doing the things to optimize what they're doing, it's gonna be really hard to get them to follow through and trickling that down into either the other processes and systems that are running their business or the team that's running their business. And so if they can't follow that, that's gonna make a huge difference. So usually the first few weeks, we're heavily focused on that, but then we're also starting to look at the back end operations. It's always just taking a look at Where are you at now? How are you currently functioning? How is your business currently functioning? And I find that most business owners don't really have a clear idea of what they're doing in order to accomplish the tasks that need to get done on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis. And so basically we we get a clear layout of this and we start looking at elimination, automation, and delegation. And if they're already delegating things with the team, we're then taking the same premise that we did with the business owner and we're looking at the team and we're looking at what is the communication flow? What is their work structure? There's a difference between finishing a task from one to 10 and how we accomplish that task, but there's a difference with that and how, how did it go between the team who passed it to who, who is the one that has what responsibility, what is that workflow Who do we ask questions for? Who's actually leading the team? Who's the one providing examples? Um, And so taking a look at kind of that team management, leadership skills, and communication skills. So that's kind of what we do over there. And then with the business owners, it's most definitely their personal communication skills, um, their leadership skills, nervous system management, and then I call it behavioral like productivity habits. How are you structuring your day? How are we optimizing? Because everything comes down to energy management, emotion management, and mindset management. And so how can we optimize that within a structure that works for you, that you're going to be able to stay disciplined in enough, not just to to do it and have a growth spurt and get through it, but how can we make it a long lasting thing that like, if it's a habit you fall out of for like a week that you will easily return back to. Mm -hmm. This is all about slow growth and progress, not just how do we get there as quickly as possible. We want to make it long lasting so that you can have, this is the thing I always promote, sustainable growth, sustainable growth for you, sustainable growth for your business, because the goal with most business owners is financial freedom and true time freedom. And in order to do that, you need to know how can I have financial stability without me necessarily being tied to every daily operation and aspect? And how can I remove that, remove myself from that? If I still want to work on the business and I want to grow it, great. But how can I get it functioning completely on its own, where it's remaining stable and can be sustainable in in an existence of itself? And that's the same for a person as it is for a business.
1: Love it. uh, I love the fact that you're willing to go back and say, like, foundationally, where is everybody starting at? Yeah. Um I'm a huge proponent. In fact, that's one of the main things that I teach in, in my book, the book on being better, is mm-hmm. there's a know your start point. And we oh I love about, that. We we talk about land navigation, um, Yeah, being in the military. I said they used to just bring us out in the middle of the woods, drop us off and say we'll see you back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and without anything except a lensatic compass mm-hmm. and a topographical map.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, what's the first thing that you want to do if you're in the woods? With a map and a compass.
0: You want to figure out where you're at on that map.
1: Most people <laughs> like, well, figure out where the base is. No. Doesn't matter. If you don't accurately identify where you're starting on, you can mm-hmm. give me the exact azimuth and directions back to base, and I will never get there because I won't start where I'm at. Right. And one degree off in a mile can leave us hundreds and hundreds of yards off target. Yeah. I said, the first thing you need to do is you have to know your start point. Mm-hmm. Then you have to know your end point and okay. then you can plot your course yep. and know that when you plot your course, you'll have to do it again because things will come up.
0: Yes. they'll Well, you know, what's interesting. So I've, I've just all week, I've actually been talking about goals and metrics and how it's really important to like, you need to know your goals. So like where you're going, because that's going to give you mm-hmm. the direction but you need to, also know where you're starting at and then have metrics to help you measure that progress along the way. So that's very in line with what you're saying. And the, the only thing that I would, I would personally add to that is and part of way back to the beginning of our conversation, how there's personal development books, there's health books, there's business, you know, mentoring books, all that stuff. A huge issue with that is that people think they need to apply like, the end results immediately to them. They need to apply like everything that this person is doing, where they're currently at at that high level to mm-hmm. themselves in order to get to that high level. But it's about looking at where, where you're starting from and going within your own flow and gradually building that. So the whole concept, I'm sure you're familiar. With. Everyone says, I'm going to start working out and I'm going to work out seven days a week and I'm going to do it really hard go to the gym and hit this, this and this. And then they burn out and they miss a day and they're like, I, well, I've, I've messed it up. And so I guess I've wasted everything and then they give up and they burn out and they're doing what people who are already at that level had to work to get to. So it's about like taking, you need to learn to crawl before you can walk and then walk, you can run, run, you could fly. But Mm -hmm. we see all these books that are like, oh, I want to be there. And so we try to apply it and it it just doesn't work for us. And so then we flop out and we're like, well, it's not for me and it doesn't work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, uh, I share a story where it basically it chronicles the path of three different individuals. They were mm-hmm. high school buddies and mm-hmm. they get together at the 10-year reunion. Everybody shares where they're at in business and life. And everybody's like, so what are you going to do different? And this person says, oh, I'm going to invest in crypto. And this guy says, oh, I'm going to, you know, really pursue my career advancement in my field. Mm-hmm. And this other guy goes, I want to, I'm going to, I think you need to drink more water. <laughs> And at the end, we've got three different outcomes. At the Mm -hmm. 25-year reunion, they get back together and they talk. And of course, there's one who's achieved a great level of success in his life. He's got a happy marriage, wonderful kids, beautiful house. Mm -hmm. We've got another one. He's pretty much living the way that he was living life before. Mm -hmm. And the other one, he's advanced in his career but he lost his wife his house his kids his relationship so he's achieved monetary success but his right. life is miserable and he feels like a failure
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then i asked you know which one ended in which spot
0: i know <laughs> the one who drank the water is happy successful with his life and everything in every aspect the career advancer is the one who advanced but lost his family the crypto person They are just kind of doing the same thing that they've been doing the whole time with a little bit of, yeah, they jump from here to there. Yeah.
1: And and we, we chronicle and we talk about the importance of that extra glass of water. I mean, did the extra glass of water make him successful? No, but the extra glass of water every day kept him a little bit more hydrated because he was a little bit more hydrated. He had a little bit more energy because he had more energy. He was more physically active. Then he was able to spend more time with his kids because he had more energy because Mm -hmm. he was happy as home. His, his, his attitude changed. His Mm -hmm. attitude changed at work. And then he got promotions. He got promotions turned into partnerships, partnerships turned into splits. He runs his own company, has a happy wife, happy life, happy kids. Everything is good because he started with one glass of water.
0: Yep. Yeah. 100. And that's why you start with the business owner. (laughs) Yes. Full circle. Thank you for leaning into my point.
1: (laughs) Just wanted to drive home what you were saying there, because yeah, there's, there, that's why it's the simplest little things mm-hmm. compounded over time, yeah. that makes a, makes a shift in who we are, yes. not what we're doing.
0: 100 percent.
1: Yeah that's what I love about that's the one thing I love about the wellness community.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you want success, take care of yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: and success will follow.
0: Definitely. Will.
1: And uh, the, the creativity aspect. I just want to touch on this real quick.
0: You for made sure. the
1: point is, is that some people, when they get stuck in their creativity, they reach for the phone. And mm-hmm. that's where the problem is. They're, they need creativity, but they reach for inspiration. And inspiration yes. is replication of someone else's creativity. Yes. So, what we need to do is get outside of where we are, which is stifled, our creativity, mm-hmm. walk outside. Take a breath. Get the money move or get the money moving in our blood. Get the money
0: moving,
1: yeah, right. That's <laughs> that's actually what I tell myself. I got to get the money yeah. moving, and yeah. it oxygenates the body, which oxygenates the brain, which gives us new stimulus, which puts us back in a creative state. Then you go back, yeah. sit down in your office, push your phone to the side, and say, "What can I make out of this?" Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I use inspiration. I'm, I, I love woodworking. Work I look yeah. at it and go, I can do that better. Mm-hmm. You know, because if they could do it, then I can make it better. Mm-hmm. Because I can do it. If someone else can do it, it's knowable. If it's knowable, it's learnable. If it's learnable, I can do it. It's yes. just a simple process. And I love the fact that you you kind of like like back up, guys. Let's do the basics. Breathe. Mm-hmm. Focus on what's important. Identify your start point, identify your end point, and find your in-between metrics. And that's one of the things we learned in, in land nav too. You can yeah. know your endpoint, you can know your direction and you can know your, your start point and you're still going to miss your target because mm-hmm. as yeah. you're traveling, you're going to be watching the azimuth, not a location. So we're taught like, especially going through woods is we, we get our bearing, we find zeroed in exactly where we need to go. And then right. we look at the trees.
0: And that's the, where you go. And then you stop, you check your metric. Where do I stop, go check next, again, next tree? And
1: then we say, okay, next tree. Same thing. If you don't have, if you don't have a, a compass, you don't have somebody to guide you mm-hmm. always just look to see what are the new next two points
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then walk to the first one. Mm-hmm. Because if you always have those two points in a line, you'll always have a straight line between where you are And then the next two points, there always has to be a straight line. Yep. Do that in your business. And even without a guide, just figuring out what the next two steps are will always keep you moving in the right direction. Just Mm -hmm. don't try and do step two. Get to step one.
0: So something to just add off of that is I have so many people who are scared to take the first step and they're like, well, what if it's wrong? And I'm like, well, you won't know it's wrong until you do it. Because you need to take that first step in order to decide you can get to that first step and say, oh, do I need to go left or I need to go right? Well, you won't know until you actually take that first step and see how it feels for you, what is working for you, what is not working for you. Every business owner is different. And so it all comes back to going within your own flow of energy and your own processes. And so knowing your two points is great. Mm -hmm. But like you said, just take the first step. And then when you get there, you can take the next one and you can have it mapped out but um i'm really big on graphics but you see like we kind of we we ping pong we zigzag to get from our to get from point a to our ultimate goal it's never a straight line but each step that you take is to where (laughs) you're going and it it might change direction and that's okay but all you need to do is keep moving and breathing and drinking water (laughs)
1: like what is it dory dorothy just keep saving just keep,
0: keep saving, just keep
1: saving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, I always, I always laugh because people are, when, they, when they're afraid to take the wrong step, I always say, mm-hmm. do you have one of these? And they're like, yeah. This says, do you have a GPS? Yeah. Have you ever plotted a course? Yeah. I said, what happens when you mix your turn? And they're like, what do you mean? Recalculating.
0: Recalculating. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Recalculating. Just a <the> course <laughs> adjust.
0: Yeah. There is you no just wrong suggest. step. Just no. take a
1: step. And say, is this in a line with where I'm going? No? Okay. Recalculate.
0: Let's try this again. There's um, two acronyms that are my favorite. Uh, there's for failing. So one, failing does not exist. Failing is a first attempt in learning. F-A-I-L. First attempt in learning. So that's one of my favorite acronyms. And then the other one, I'm not sure where that one comes from. The other one is from Brene Brown, who she's an amazing psychologist for anyone I'm sure you guys have seen her books, but if you haven't check check them out. But one of the ones that she has is, um, an FFT. She has a version that's for kids, but for the adults, it's first fucking time. Whenever you're doing something to get past that, like mindset of, Oh, I'm scared to do it. Just tell yourself, this is the first fucking time. I don't know what I'm doing. And because it is my first time, I, I shouldn't expect myself to have a perfect outcome or result. One, perfection doesn't exist, but like, that, it's just a first fucking time. So I'm going to take the step. It's going to be messy and it's going to get me to the next place I need to be in order to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so that can really, psychologically that has actually a really big effect in how we're talking to ourselves in the process of doing it. And it really helps with that reminder of it's just your first attempt in learning.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the things I wanted to address, like when it comes to what you do,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you say habits to happiness and you talk mm-hmm. about wellness, mm-hmm. I know there is a myriad of business professionals and I will speak only for the males. I sure. go, ah, like, <laughs> Yuck. like yeah. how's that going to help me move my business, move sure. the needle, bring an in income, Blah. like what are some of the objections that you hear them express, and then what do you think those objections represent about what's inside them?
0: Sure. Well, so first and foremost, I'll say this: the irony is, is that I work with a lot of men, mm-hmm. and they're actually some of my my favorite clients. Because they're the ones that like, they. I'm, I'm a bit, uh, I'm very blunt, and I'm very forward. And so even though I come from like the wellness field, I'm not that spiritual flowery sort of person. Um, I am I'm happy and I'm positive, but I will give you a good backhand through the camera, like <laughs> if you need it. Um, so I, I tend to actually work quite well with more of the, the, manly, the manly men, I guess you could say. But I would say objections across the board, just from men and women is always the first one is I'm going to try to do this myself first. Mm -hmm. So like you, when I do, um, I always, I have a free assessment that I offer anybody and everybody where it's a like performance assessment for both personal and professional performance. And when I do that assessment, I am giving you all the information that you need. I will give you all the value. These are the things that you need to do in order to start moving better, moving forward better in a more optimized way for yourself and your business. I will give it to you. I, be, I know, do I know why I think you'd benefit from coaching with me 100%, but I'm going to give it to you because just like you, I want to see you succeed. Do I think most of them will? Probably not. They won't take those steps, but they all say, I'm going to, they have all this information now and they're all excited. I'm going to try to do this myself first. And I'll say, okay, great. Um, I just have a question. I know, you know, a lot of this stuff This very basic stuff and this is nothing new for you. I'm wondering why you haven't already started. What, like, what has gotten in the way of you already doing that? What's going to make a difference between this conversation and what you do tomorrow? And most people are like, oh, I guess you're right. And they're like, well, just give me a week to try or two weeks to try. And I usually get a call before that, that two week or that one week is up where they're like, all right, I, yeah, I need to start working (laughs) with you. So usually that's probably like the biggest one. The other biggest objection that I get is money, which is always like, "Oh, I don't know if I have the money to invest in this." And um, I usually say, "Well, you know, if you want to have sustainable growth, where you are bringing in a consistent income that you can actually manage, because a lot of the time we see cash flow, at least with certain business owners that I have, they're they're they do have great cash flow, but it, it's this turning door of like, I need more work." But I need more, I need more people to do the work, but I don't have enough work to pay them. And so it's this really weird, hard in a rock place. And um, seeing seeing that, I say, would you like it to be more consistent and not so wobbly with your cash flow? Well then you need to invest in that aspect of your business. And if you're not gonna invest in that, you're not gonna fill those gaps and bottlenecks and it's gonna continue to be a roller coaster in terms of stability. Um, a lot of people think that they need to take on more and do more in order to like have enough money. Right. Once I have this, I can do this. Once I've reached here, I will be happy. Once I've made this amount of money, I will be financially stable, but that's never the case. It's more so what can I do to, in my present moment with what, where I'm currently at, how can I make my foundation more stable? So that I can have that consistency and that that growth that I want. Um, so it usually kind of comes down to those two factors, I'd say.
1: Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I I love that you said. You know, it's too many people are looking if if this, then then. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I always say, what about now?
0: Yeah. What about now? What about now? Are right. you
1: happy right now? Um, as an example, uh, yesterday you and I were scheduled to do this interview. Sure. Yeah. And my life turned completely upside down. Mm-hmm. I had to deal with a, an emergency in the family. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, do you need time? You know, and that was the kindest yeah. thing anybody could have said when I came back and I connected and you're like, hey, do you need more time? And I'm like, mm-hmm. time for what? Like what happened happened, but right now there's yeah. things that need to be taken care of. You know, it happened It happened to us and our family, mm-hmm. not to Kelsey. <laughs> So, what? so let's help Kelsey move forward, right? <laughs> you know, because it's those things where we say, what am I going to do with this moment right now? Mm-hmm. Because if I can choose to be joyful in the moment, mm-hmm. this, this is what I love to tell people. If you choose to be joyful in the moment, it's okay to be sad at the same time. Yeah. You can be That's- sad about a situation because happiness comes from your circumstance and your situation. Joy comes from your position on the inside. Yes. And nothing stole my joy. It was yeah. just chaos for a few minutes, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a big thing. Actually, another thing I touch on with coaching is I catch people saying, well, I'm happy, but, or I did this, but I accomplished this, but. And I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't disrespect yourself that way. Don't, uh, what's the word i I always say, like, basically don't diminish.
1: Diminish is what I was thinking. Yeah.
0: Yes. Don't diminish your feelings and don't diminish your accomplishments. Like maybe you accomplish something and there's still, there's some more stuff on your list you need to do. Maybe you're happy and you are experiencing a bit of stress and overwhelm because it was a rough day. Mm -hmm. That's okay. We are very complex human beings. And when we put ourselves in boxes like that, that's what really stifles our growth and it diminishes the potential that we have.
1: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, now I know you've got a time constraint as well, but oh, yeah. I do wanna I do wanna <clears> ask <throat> you one main question. Sure. A, well, a couple real quick. Uh,
0: I'll try not to ramble. <laughs> we,
1: okay. Well, we, we'll we'll talk like I am to my four year old. So yes. Or no. <laughs> Would you be willing to share your assessment in our show notes so people can connect yeah. with
0: you? Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, catch myself. Yep.
1: Second is I want to do this. I, w- I love to ask everybody one simple question.
0: Sure.
1: If you look back to the history, all the way back to the beginning of the earth.
0: I'll tell you right now, it's not a simple question, but go on.
1: <laughs> if you could choose one person to have a meal with. Okay? What would it be and where would you
0: eat it? <laughs> okay, I like that. What would it be and where would I eat it? Mm-hmm. Okay, what would it be and where would I eat it? I god uh, to sound really hippie, I would just eat whatever is like available there. Like what's the food of the place that I'm I'm in? Like whatever it is, I'm down to try it. Unfortunately, I do have a lot of like I'm intolerant of gluten and dairy now, which is sucks. So avoiding those things, I'm down to like literally try anything. Fruit, anything that is Raw, not not raw, but just, I guess you could say organic from, from where that's at, I would be really, really happy. Um, and what was, it was what would I eat and where?
1: And where would you eat it?
0: Oh, so it'd be depending.
1: Mm-hmm. Would See, I it actually it? forces you to zero this in, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> it does force me to zero it in. Gosh. Okay. I would, it would probably have to be in the mountains somewhere, maybe the Amazon. I haven't been to the amazon and i think i would like that i feel like the amazon is the birthplace of a lot of things and i feel like that probably has a lot of rich biodiversity for in terms of food and i has probably also, i mean it also has a very rich culture and so it would be a really unique experience and you're talking to a girl who's eaten around the world like that mm-hmm. food is my bread and butter um literally uh, just, just, I just can't eat the bread anymore. or the bread. <laughs> I, know. I just can't eat that. Um, yeah, I think it would, I would choose the Amazon and I would awesome. eat whatever the local food is there.
1: Awesome. That's what awesome. I would do. Yeah. All right. I've so- never been
0: asked that before. That's a great uh, question.
1: Yeah. There's a couple home dingers that I throw in, but that's my favorite one on the podcast. Okay, cool. Um, So we're going to put the information to contact you down in the show notes. For for those who are listening and don't have access to the show notes, what's the best way for them to get hold of you if they'd like to pursue this and explore a little bit deeper?
0: Sure. So the best way would actually be through my Facebook. It's where I do most of my work and I have my profiles open so you can see a lot of my content and things that I am working on there. I will share my my Facebook, but my Facebook name is Kelsey Nicole, which doesn't help you because there's a billion of them, but I will definitely share that link. Um, otherwise, feel free. You could actually uh, check out my website, which is Habits to Happiness, misspelled with a Y. H A P P Y N E S because happiness starts with you. And also, the other name was taken for the domain, and I couldn't get it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, here's Happ-
1: the marketer to be able to, like somebody else took the name, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Habits to Happiness with a Y uh, dot com. But um, I'm more active on Facebook these days. I'm a little bit behind in my website. So
1: okay, awesome. Yeah. Well, that being said, I want to remind you all that there is beauty, there is grace, and greatness within you. Now yeah. go unleash that into the world today. We'll talk soon. Bye.